You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Jets podcast. It's Thursday, June 20th, 2019, and this is your host, John B. from GangreenNation.com. Great to have you with us on this summer mailbag episode of the Locked on Jets podcast. These are questions submitted to us both through email and through the comment section of gangreennation.com. So let's get started. Our first question comes from a listener named Jason. Uh, Sent me an email. John, you've talked about some defensive positions such as linebacker and safety being a non-premium position. Players in those positions don't move the needle much unless they are very high caliber players. If a team does have a high-caliber player at one of those positions and can move the needle on defense, what are they doing that is so special that other safeties and linebackers can't do? Well, Jason, thanks for the question. Um, it varies. It, it varies very much. In fact, you know, one of the funny things about the safety position is that the th- things that certain players are good at, you know, the great safeties, some of the things that they do are wildly different from things the other great safeties do. There's no one way to play the safety position exceptionally well. I think in general these positions are not premium because of the way the league has shifted. I think in general it, it is a passing league these days. Uh, there's really The league continues to shift more and more in the direction of being a passing league. And that's, I mean, honestly, if you follow the game of football, that's a trend that's been continuing for over a century as time goes on football becomes more and more of a passing game and i just think that there are not a lot of guys who are impact players against the pass at either position and i think that that's one of the reasons it's not a premium position you know if you caught there was a great interview albert breer did for sports illustrated with joe douglas that appeared earlier this week on their website the monday morning quarterback and Douglas made a comment that you know the Jets are built strong up the middle on defense and that's how you build a baseball team. Now what he did not say is that in today's NFL you almost build outside in because the perimeter guys are the guys who tend to be the players who help you against the pass. The the great pass rushers in the league with some exceptions, you know, and we're starting to see maybe a little bit of a rise of interior pass rushers, but in general the the great pass rushers tend to be edge guys you know guys who come off the edge and then on the outside you also have corners who cover the great receivers in the nfl uh in most of the you know most of the great weapons in the nfl are wide receivers which is another reason corners are so important aside from you know a handful of tight ends who make an impact or you know some running backs who are influential in the passing game there aren't a ton of those guys so you know those are the guys you'd see linebackers and safeties match up against but ultimately yeah there's just not a ton of like great great cover safeties and linebackers in the league so you know it may just be the guy the guy's a great cover guy that might be the thing that they do if you stop if you stop the run there there's value in that see when i'm say it's a passing league that doesn't that doesn't mean that the ability the, the ability to stop the run is meaningless it's just you have to prioritize it's not as important as being effective against the pass the, and the thing is like it's not that hard to find safeties and linebackers who are credible players against the run because of the way the league values certain attributes these days um so if you find a like a linebacker or a safety who's just like unbelievably stellar against the run who's just a a cut above everybody else like a jamal adams then that guy's worth something because even though it's a passing league 
you know, if you have a guy who's just a sing, single-handedly shutting down the opponent's run game, you know, constantly making stops around the line of scrimmage, that's going to help your defense a lot because when your opponent gets into passing downs, maybe because you keep stopping the run, because you have a guy who just shuts down the run game, they're constantly facing third and eight or third and four. Well, it's a lot easier to pass on third and four than it is third and eight. So there's a lot of value there. So, you know, if you just have a guy in like Jamal Adams, you know, I, I gave you the stats on a podcast a little while back, how he pretty much lapped the field in terms of run stops last year on defense. And then you add in the fact that he was also a very effective blitzer and the fact he was decent in coverage and that, that, that gives you an elite safety. You know, some safeties, one of the one of the reasons they're elite is a guy like, a, you know, a, a guy who's like top of the league, like Earl Thomas in his prime or Ed Reed, the guy who takes away the deep middle. What they do is not only you know, they're known as ball hawks, they're known as guys who get a lot of interceptions. But really what happens is teams become afraid to test them. Teams become afraid to throw that throw deep down the middle of the field. So you essentially take a take the seam route and take the post route out of every opponent's playbook so there are lots of different ways it can happen some guys are just great cover guys there aren't that many in the league so if you find one of them they're worth their weight in gold you know some are just so good against the run not just not not just like solid against the run guys who single-handedly wreck the run game guys who single-handedly shut the run game down you know, there, there becomes a threshold, even in a passing league, where if you are that good against the run, you have a lot of value just because of the way you wreck the other team's offensive game plan. You, know, you make them one-dimensional. You put them in bad downs and distances. You put them in situations where it's tougher to throw the football. That's one way to be. That's certainly one way to be effective against the pass is put the opponent in tougher situations when they are trying to throw the football. Or it could be a situation, again, it could be a situation like you just have a guy, who, an, ex- an exceptional safety who just takes away the deep middle, takes away the, you know, the the routes in the deep middle, like the seam in the post, like an Ed Reed or an Earl Thomas. So if you find one of those guys, they're certainly worth a lot. And that's not to say, you know, the regular linebacker is value- valueless or the regular safety is valueless in today's NFL. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'd rather have good players at those positions than bad players. Having bad players at those positions is going to hurt my team. Having good players at those positions is going to help my team. It's just a matter of priorities. I'm not going to pay as much for a good linebacker as I am a good edge rusher or a good corner. I'm not going to pay a good safety as much as I will at those positions. I'm not going to value what they bring to the to the table as much as I value what an edge rusher or a corner brings. It's just, it's, but uh, it, there's a certain price I will pay for it, and that price, you know, it's not just you let anybody go walk away. It's not a situation where you just the second somebody somebody demands a contract above the minimum, you let them walk. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying my price. My ultimate price, the the extent to which I'm willing to reach, is probably lower for a player like that than it would be a player at a more premium position because of the way today's NFL requires teams to value these positions. So I hope that answered your question. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit and no waiting at the pharmacy. Right now, we have a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com. You get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Just pay $5 shipping. 
Again, that's bluechew, B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, promo code locked on to try it for free. It is a summer episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. We're here on a Thursday mailbag. Our next question, people are talking about what trades Joe Douglas can make to help the team this year. Shouldn't we be holding on to our draft assets for the next draft? Well, as always, it depends on what the trade would be, but there are always trade rumors. I mean, it seems like until we get past the trade deadline, everybody's got some rumor that they're coming up. Everybody's cooking up some trade that the Jets should make. I think for every, like, maybe I'm exaggerating, for every, like, 50 or 100 rumors, we get one trade. I mean, I remember the lead-up to the draft, everybody came, came up with all these deals uh, that they thought the Jets could make or the Jets should make or the Jets would make, and just really, we're not, the Jets were really not that active. I think at this time of year, there's not a lot else going on, so people kind of get in the, the mode of trying to figure out what the weaknesses are and how the team can fix that. And I think it goes double right now when you have the new general manager who's not really going to be able to do much to upgrade the roster until the next offseason unless he makes a trade. So I think people are going to come up with stuff like that. I mean, I will tell you, in general, I'm not a big fan of using trades to build your roster because, and this is very broadly speaking, and I'm not saying you never make a trade, but the problem with trades in the NFL is that typically if another team is trading a player, it's right before that guy's going to get cut. So you have a pretty good chance of if you don't trade for him, you a pretty good chance of being able to sign the guy in free agency without giving up any assets. Or if you cannot, what frequently is true is that there's a guy who's a reasonable substitute, a guy who's probably pretty much as good is often available. Um, maybe not so much at this time of year. So it depends. Look, it depends. I mean, you know, you look at what's available, obviously Trent Williams down in Washington, having some issues with that team, looking for a new home, looking for a new team. I mean, that's a premium left tackle. If the Jets were to make a trade for Trent Williams, I think it would be difficult to, to have any objection to that. Uh, you know, if the Jets found a corner, a young corner who was available on the trade market, a young quality corner who was available for some reason, it would be difficult to object. It might, it might be. You know, it depends on what they give up. So it's, you know, it's always tough to say. I mean, my inclination is that you probably should not make many trades uh, at this time. You know, I think that the time for building the team is probably done. I think, and I mean, there's some teams that trade are very effective, like the team Joe Douglas came from. The Eagles are one of the most active teams in the trade market. So, you know, there's no, there are no cut and dry rules. You know, I, I say I'm not a big fan of trades typically. Well, the Eagles have done a pretty good job with that. So it's possible. But I think more than anything, it's, it's possible that the Jets make a trade. But I think it's just the, the, we're at the time of year where there's nothing else going on. So people just are coming up with these ideas on how you improve the team because there, A, there's nothing else going on. B, you see what the holes are, and the only way the Jets can plausibly fill them at this time of year is probably to make a trade. And three, you have a new GM who's going to come in and hasn't really had a chance to build the team through the offseason. So you combine all those factors and just the fact that people like making coming up with trade ideas, and frequently they are ideas that are very much in favor of the Jets. I mean, I heard, I mean, there was one I heard that had lead up to the draft, which was, uh, you know, people were saying, well, the Jets should trade with Denver. They should swap first-round picks and get Von Miller. 
Like, uh, well, I, I don't know that Denver's going to want to give up one of the premium pass rushers in the league, and I certainly don't think they're going to want to do it to drop, like, to go up, move up, like, seven spots in the first round. You know, some, I think, and that's one of the things you, you forget is, you know, the, there's another team out there that's going to want to make a deal. There's another team out there that's not going to want to just give up something for nothing. I think some of these trade ideas, and I love you all who've come up with them, but I think some of these trade ideas, if you made the, if you had, if you, approached your fantasy team like that you'd be kicked out of the league for annoying everybody with the with these offers so um in long story short yeah you should be careful on the trade market you should not be giving away you should not be giving away too many assets it depends on who's available right now depends on what the cost is but ultimately i think most of these trade ideas are not things that are going to come to fruition most it's like i said i mean it feels like for every like 50 or 100 ideas people come up with you get like one trade so uh yeah we'll see what happens next question what are reasonable expectations for jachai polite's production playing time and sack total as a rookie i have my hunch is that he's probably going to be a situational pass rusher in his rookie year and i want to clarify that when i say that i'm not talking you know this is not the nfl of 20 years ago where that may means you come on the field every now and then on a third and long Again, it's a passing league. Situational pass rushers in this league, they can play 50, 60% of the snaps. So I think that you, that's probably what we're looking at. When I say situational pass rusher, you have to remember, it's a passing league. The situations where teams are passing are many. So I would expect him to see, see him 50, 60% of the time on the field. I think that you know he probably won't play, maybe not on early downs, but I think you know you'll see him. You'll see him plenty on the field. In terms of what are reasonable expectations for you know production sack total, anybody who comes in the NFL except for like the very top prospects, there's a learning curve because it's tough to transition against guys who are more athletic, stronger. They're just they're just much better than anybody you see in college. I mean, the guys who you know, this is the thing you, you always have to remember is the guys who play in the NFL were like the all star, the superstars of college. The the starters in the NFL were like su- the, the best of the best in college. They're better than anybody you go against. Most guys who enter the league, pass rushers, they need some development. You know, you can't get by on pure athleticism anymore once you're in the NFL. You have to develop some counter moves. You have to develop a plan. There are not a lot of guys who entered the NFL like that. I'm not sure Polite is one of those guys. So I don't, I'm not sure you're looking at a big statistical season. My hunch would be probably you want an over-under for what a successful sack total would be. Let's say five, maybe six, but I'll go with five. That, that'll be my guess in terms of how much production you can expect out of Judge High Polite. Look, the Jets would certainly take more. Jets would certainly be pleased with more. I'd certainly be pleased with more. It's possible you get more, but in general, you want to keep expectations low. You want to give you the rookie a chance to get his, get acquainted with the NFL and then maybe have bigger expectations year two. We're here on a summer Thursday episode of the Locked on Jets podcast. We're doing a mailbag show today. Next question, John, assuming that the additions of Quinnen Williams and Jachai Polite somehow live up to our lofty hopes and help markedly improve the pass rush, would that be sufficient to offset the team's anticipated below average to mediocre corner play? Well, uh, I think unfortunately I, I kind of laid out that I don't have lofty expectations for Polite year one, uh, so I don't know how that impacts things. But in general, yeah, a pass rush can certainly help offset poor corner play. 
there are two elements to shutting down the opponent's passing game. One is getting after the quarterback, and the other is covering. Ideally, you can do both. I mean, the, the best defenses tend to be able to do both. But if you can cover well, then it lessens the need for a pass rush and vice versa because if you get to the if you can consistently get to the quarterback well that means his accuracy is going to go down so you know the corners don't need to be as dominant you know they they, they don't need to they can leave open windows because the quarterbacks are going to miss them under duress quarterbacks reads are not probably not going to be as good because again they'll be under duress and the corners just don't have to cover as long because quarterback will have to get rid of the ball quicker yeah, the less the corner has to cover, the easier the job is. So, yeah, I think to an extent, it's certainly plausible. I think the other thing you have to remember is it's a team game. So I think what the Jets are looking for, I don't think the Jets are necessarily going to look at this as though they require a totally dominant defense. I think the days of the Rex Ryan, Todd Bowles mindset where the offense stays out of the way and the defense let the defense win the game. I think that mindset is now gone under this new coaching staff. So, you know, I think that the hope is that Sam Darnold and Le'Veon Bell and all those guys on offense produce because if the, the better the offense is, the less pressure is on the defense. You know, the more points you score, the less perfect the defense has to be. So you can work around some issues on the defensive side of the ball. But, yeah, I think that the ultimately the path to having defensive success this year is going to be through the pass rush. You look at the players the Jets have as pass rushers, there's not you don't see guarantees there. But you see guys with potential. You see guys with upside. You look at the corners on the roster this year, I'm not sure that there's a lot to feel confident in. I mean, you're, I guess you're hoping for the Tremaine Johnson bounce-back season. But even if Tremaine Johnson has a bounce-back season, this is not a spectacular group of corners on paper, I, I don't believe. So I think ultimately what you're looking for is you're looking for the pass rush. And again, it doesn't. I think the Jets are of the of the mindset where they're not necessarily going to require their team to. They're not necessarily of the mindset that the Jets have to be a dominant defense. You know, the number one defense in the league. I think they they're just going to look for a defense that can make enough stops and hope that the quarterback develops enough to put up you know big numbers to put up to put up a lot of points. Because I think that, you know the way this team's built is they're going to try and. I don't. I don't know. Saying that they're going to try and win a bunch of shootouts is the most accurate way, but I think the Jets are probably going to look to lean on the offense to win games this year and hope the defense just does enough. I think that will be the mindset of this of this team in 2019. That is our show for today. Thanks for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hope you have a great Thursday. We'll be back again tomorrow to on a Friday summer show.